Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Hey, hey, everybody. Well, hey, welcome to another edition of Discover the Leader in You. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Carthen, a leadership linebacker. And you know what I'm excited about today? I'm excited because we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. We're actually going to be talking about how faith in the workplace can help you learn to thrive. And I really need to ask you, the listening audience, have you ever had that random off day when you were just not at the top of your game at work? Or maybe even experience a time of fear or uncertainty in your life that you just couldn't seem to shake. If you have, then you're not alone. I know I've been there before. And, you know, it's one of those things where you have to be able to say, wow, it's not easy to get through these times. However, one thing that remained constant for me during those times was the ability to hold on to my faith. And on today's show, all the way from Texas, we have Chief Master Sergeant Mike Clintworth, who will be offering his perspectives on faith in the workplace and also help us to understand a little bit more how faith in the workplace can actually help you learn to thrive. But before we do that, I just want to remind everybody that, you know what, in April, we have our I Speak Life Academy coming up again, and we're going to offer that in person, but also live via Telestream. And we're going to be diving into the whole idea of emotional intelligence and just the idea of how you can be an exceptional leader for your followers. And those that have attended my Speak Life Academy workshops have just been saying, hey, this is great. It's actionable information. It's something I can use every day. And my whole goal is to make sure I'm providing arrows for you in your quiver. Now, one of the things that I also want to remind you of, if you go to jasoncarthen.com, we have a free gift for you. You can actually go there and sign up. And I have three free success videos that you'll be able to put right into your YouTube queue. And also you'll be able to listen to them on my app that's going to be coming out here soon. Just want to let you know that I care about your personal development. So make sure you connect with me and I want to make sure I continue to pour into you so you can impact others in a positive way. Now, without further ado, I want to read you just a little bit about Mike. And and I just tell you, I want to say thank you just for his, his service to our country. It's just an amazing bio. But Mike is a chief master sergeant in the United States Air Force and currently serves as chief air traffic controller where he leads a team of 72 military and civilian air traffic controllers in the safe movement, the safe movement, everybody, of 180,000 annual aircraft operations across 4,200 square miles of airspace. Mike has dedicated the past quarter century to military service, successfully leading in challenging environments, which span from air traffic control to command level. In addition to military assignments within the continental United States, Mike has, de- has been deployed to Croatia, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Mike specializes in developing and inspiring individuals and teams, including multinational teams, to achieve historic feats. In his most recent deployment, he had the honor of mentoring Afghanistan's most senior enlisted leader in developing, educating, and leading a military force of 6,700 personnel. 
Additionally, his team provides direct support to the European North Atlantic Treaty Organization Joint Pilot Training Program, which produces combat aviators for the NATO alliance. Mike Clintworth is a proven leader, team builder, motivator, and mentor. He has a passion for others and enjoys helping them achieve success and reach their full potential. He is blessed with a wonderful wife, Carol, and has two sons. Mike, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, Jason. Uh, good afternoon, and uh, I'm just honored to be on your show and uh, thankful that you would have asked me to do such. Oh, no problem. I tell you what, I just want to say thank you for your service to our country, and I just admire you. I mean, you have been diligent a quarter century. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, and I just I applaud you for that, and I'm really looking forward to digging in a little bit today and just understanding a little bit more how you navigate, you know, some of the things that we're going to talk about today. But before we even do that, Mike, what have you been doing recently? I know you you have a lot of responsibilities, but what has been on your plate recently before we dive into some of the other things? Well, Jason, as you know, uh, military service is a full-time job. And outside of that, uh, my family is very important to me. My faith is very important to me, and so I dedicate a lot of time to both of those things just as well. But when I find that just a little bit of extra time, and sometimes I make that extra time, uh, I write articles for GeneralLeadership.com. It's the General Leadership Foundation that uh, oversees uh, that website, and it allows me to share some of the articles and some of the experiences that I've encountered in my military service and, and then in my life. Excellent. My goodness. So you are not only doing all these other things in service to our country, but you're also an author as well. Yes, on occasion I am. On occasion. I really enjoy it. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, I know I'm going to be looking up some more things. I had a chance to read a little bit when you sent me the link before, and I can certainly appreciate just the depth that you go into. And I think our our listeners, we're going to remind you again uh, just to let them know where they can go to really take a look at some of your, not only your writings, but also just the influence that you have. You're on LinkedIn too, right, Mike? Yes, Jason, that's absolutely correct. There, uh, uh, Anyone who uh, touches base with me can find a whole lot about where I've been, what I've been up to, and uh, I'm currently also serving on the uh, board of directors for the Children's Aid Society of West Texas. And again, you, you mentioned something in my bio, and I greatly appreciate that introduction. It was very gracious of you. But what it highlights is that I love doing for others. It's something I'm just passionate about. And when I'm asked, hey, why did you decide to do something like this, to sit on this board of directors, this unpaid position? And I think, man, it just does for other people. It does for people who don't ordinarily have a chance unless someone invests in them. And I just enjoy it. Excellent. Excellent. You know, the whole idea of doing something because it's in line with your passion takes such a level of maturity. I don't think people understand that because at the end of the day, Mike, it's going to cost you to sacrifice something. And for some people, that that may not be an issue. But for others, you know, hey, it may be time away from family. It may be, and even in my case, time away from my bride, my children, whatever it may be. But if it's in line with your passion, and it's part of your calling, then there's a willingness to make it work. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, Jason, I absolutely agree. And, you know, life balance is the key to not over-sacrificing. In the military service, uh, I, I remember seeing individuals 
give 30 years of their life to military service and at a retirement ceremony be standing up there what seemed like all alone. Mm-hmm. And normally there's family and friends in the audience. But one of the things that I noticed about many of them was that there was a spouse missing. Yes. And I thought, how does that happen? And I think, ah, we lose focus on life balance and we over-invest and forget about those important things like you rec- you mentioned of family. And if we don't invest in family, we can find ourselves all alone going towards that passion. And I think we over-invest in those cases. Absolutely. I love the way you shared life balance because you know what? At the end of the day, Mike, it's not just in the military, but I see it when I go into these Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies and I talk to the CEO, the COOs and And they have said, hey, I've been climbing this corporate ladder my whole life. And now that I've gotten here, you're saying that you want me to have balance. Someone's going to knock me off (laughs) as soon as I (laughs) as I slow down. So, you know, what what advice would you give to them, Mike? Because you're at that that higher level, but you're still maintaining that balance. Or do we need to call Carol and ask her? (laughs) Well, you, you can actually you can absolutely talk to Carol and she can share some insight on that. But let me just tell you that this life balance is something that I try to keep in perspective. And really, for me, they're, they're just really four areas. One is that professional balance, and, that, and that's the one that consume, can consume the majority of my time. So I have to be cautious. And, and every so often I sit down and I look at these four areas and I go, okay, how much am I investing in this one compared to these other three? And are they about similar in my investment level? And if they are not, I make adjustments. So that first one is professional, and that's easy because, again, there's where that passion is. It drives you to to try to consume more and to go farther. But these other ones of spiritual balance, and that area means that for me, and this is what it looks like for me, it means getting up a little extra early in the morning, means reading my Bible, doing a little devotional, doing my daily prayer, and that's how I start that day off. Mm. And it also means there are some other things that occur throughout the week, but that's how I start every day. And if I miss some of that, I get too busy with the goings-on of life, and I realize, hey, you know what? I missed that the last couple of days. I recognize that, and I revert back to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another area is, is uh, physical, physical balance, and that means that I've got to hit the gym. I've got to go run, work out, and that helps release some of the stressors in life. And then that fourth area is, is really social, and that includes family and friends. And that means I have to invest time in them and have, can't forget that many times the reason I'm where I'm at is because of them. And so sometimes it's important just to pick up the phone, even though you know you can get caught up in a 30-minute to an hour conversation with family members, and you just tell them you love them and you've been thinking about them. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, that just gives me the balance to keep me moving forward. Mike, that is great. And, you know, just to recap, just so our listeners understand, you know, when Mike is engaging this idea of balance. He's talking about the professional balance, the spiritual balance, the physical, and then the social component there at the end. And I think, you know, that's a great blend, Mike, because many of us, if we're off kilter in even one of those areas, we can begin to see, you know, how it can impact us if we're attentive. Now, one thing I would add, and I love what you put together here, but the one thing I would add as well is that accountability piece. You know, because if you're going to have if you're going to have this discipline and you're going to have this life balance that you have to be open at some point and vulnerable to let people say, hey, you know what, Dr. Jason or Mike, I see that you're kind of off in this area. 
you know. So what are your thoughts about that accountability piece? Accountability is critical. You need to have a circle. I call it a circle of trust. Mm. And those are individuals where you can be absolutely transparent. You can hold nothing back in, in this circle. And if you have somebody in there and you go, I really can't talk to them about certain things, then maybe they shouldn't be in that circle of that close trust. But you need to be able to have that circle where you can be transparent, you can share vulnerabilities, weaknesses, because these are people who care about you. They care about your success. And they're, as you mentioned, they're willing to tell you when you're off course mm-hmm. and when you need to come back just a little bit. They're willing to tell you what no one else is willing to tell you because they don't want to embarrass you. They don't want to hurt your feelings. Right. These people care so much, they'll tell you. Wow, that is powerful. Well, hey, we're on the same page with that. And and Mike, you have this sort of quiet uh, resolve about you. And, and, I, and I need to sort of ask you, we're going to take a break here in a couple of minutes, but I want you to begin to take us to break here because I want to understand how has faith been instrumental in your life? And, and the reason why I ask, just to sort of tee it up for you, is because many people, we go out to over 185, 200,000 people, many people that are listening to this show, they may be holding on, <laughs> you know, by a thread. And Mike, how has faith been instrumental in your life to provide maybe some hope for these people that are listening? Yeah, that's a, Jason, that's a great question. You know, when I was a young boy, um, my sister and I and my mother, uh, and my father and mother uh, divorced uh, because my father was an alcoholic. Mm. So my, my mother raised my sister and I. And I can only tell you from my own personal experience, it's not easy growing up without a father figure in your life. You can find yourself in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. And uh, my mother did the very best she could. But one thing she did that was, that was a home run was that she made sure my sister and I made it to church every Sunday with her. And without question, without fail, it was a must-do. And that was the seed that was planted in my young life along with my sisters. And in 1982, uh, I found Christ and salvation because my mother planted that seed early on. Now, fast forward to now, you know, it's helped me mature as an individual, as a leader, a husband, and a father. And it's really just helped me be a better human being. And I already shared with you, you know, it's part of my everyday life. And it's something that, that I do every day, not just on good days or bad days, and maybe even more so on bad days, when I'm maybe struggling through something at work or just in life, and it's just taking a pause, pushing back, and then calling on God and praying, and that's what helps me through. Wow. Mike, you know what? When we come back from break, I want you to continue the really the reality of what you just shared with us. Hey, everybody, we are talking to Chief Master Sergeant Mike Clintworth, and he is already sharing some nuggets with us. Make sure you stay tuned, and we're going to be right back to you. All right, everybody. Hey, you are back on with Discover the Leader in You. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Carthen, the leadership linebacker, and we have already been diving deep. We are talking to Chief Master Sergeant Mike Clintworth of the United States Air Force, and we went to break. Mike was sharing how instrumental faith has been in his life, but for those listeners that may have uh, grown up without a father, myself included, 
Uh, he was also talking to us about just the reality of how much of a rock his mom was because she was intentional and in taking them to, <clears throat> excuse me, church on every Sunday. Now, Mike, can you kind of fill in the gaps for us? Because you said 1982 and then fast forward to now. Give us a little bit more uh, relative to that for those listeners that may just be joining us. Sure, Jason. And, uh, yeah, I, I left that gap so that we could come back to it. My mother was my rock. She did plant that seed for me that, that now uh, helps me navigate life. But uh, in 1988, about January of that year, that rock of mine, my mother, passed away from uh, cancer. Oh. And uh, so you talked about, you know, there may be people holding on by a string, and how do they get through? Mm-hmm. Wow, you know, I, I experienced that, not having a father figure in my life, and now having my mother taken from me. Uh, how do you navigate? How do you move on from there? And when you look around and you go, where do you lean? Well, when you lean into God and you lean into your faith, that's how you get through. And it was that very same year that I joined the United States Air Force. And it was good for me because it kept me disciplined. It certainly kept me busy. And it reminded me of some things that were important, which are values. And as you know, many military services have what they consider to be core values, these things that are core to them. Integrity is one of the Air Force core values. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that these are things that they firmly believe. And if you want to be a successful team member on this team, you must value this. And integrity was very important for, for me because, as I shared, you know, when you grow up without a father figure, I don't know about most, but I know that I could find myself into a little bit of trouble. So this was very good for me now, not having a parental figure in my life, Mm -hmm. that now I had military service to help just as well along with that faith. Wow. And see, that's so powerful because for our listeners right now, like you said, it it may be this variable, what you just described. I mean, and I know it's not just integrity, it's discipline, it's, it's follow through, it's all those other things, but they're built upon integrity and to know that if you don't have a father speaking into your life like I didn't <laughs> you you have to figure out okay how do I make these decisions how do I do these things but for for you Mike when you were able to go into the air force you had those sort of bumpers on the side to kind of guide you and and let you know hey this is a good choice this is not a good choice and it sounds like by having uh that sort of integrity modeled for you, you were able to thrive and excel with it coupled along with your faith. Yes, Jason, that's absolutely right. So let me ask you this then. If, you, if you're if you walking this thing out, okay, for some of our listeners, I mean, if we talk about the title of today's show, how faith in the workplace can help you learn to thrive. If you're walking this thing out, for maybe some of us that may be a little timid about sharing our faith in the workplace, should there be faith in the workplace or should it be kept separate? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Hey, what a great question. If, if we're being honest with ourselves and sincere in our faith, does it only happen in, in church? Mm. Does it only happen when we're around family? No, I think not. I think if we're sincere about it, it goes everywhere we go. And many times when we talk about faith in the workplace, or when I hear it discussed, it's all about what's being said within the workplace. What are people saying about faith in the workplace? And the reality is is that actions say so much more than words. Mm -hmm. 
And what we do and what we demonstrate is our faith in the workplace. Now, certainly there are some some uh, verbal communication that can be faith in the workplace, but I absolutely believe there's a, there's room for it in the workplace and there's a necessity for it in the workplace. Um, it, it's it's about belie- believing in one another. It's about loving others, showing kindness, uh, uh, forgiving. Uh, it's about showing grace. It's about being patient. It's all of that. Excellent. And see, you know, that's powerful that you just shared that because, you know, when you start talking about actions over words and forgiveness, hey, Mike, you're stepping on toes. I'm just going to be honest with you. When I go into some of these places, they'll tell me, hey, it is competition upon competition. I had a meeting last week, Mike, and they were talking about if you don't meet your quota, then we're actually going to have to start talking to maybe someone else to bring them in. And my response to the COO is that, hey, if you're going to lead people in that manner, it's going to be a a very toxic environment (laughs) because everyone is going to be, you know, just kind of cutthroat. I need to hit my quota. And when you talk about forgiveness and actions over words and just just the bedrock of integrity, you know, that you would have with faith in the workplace – Mike, we're going to get pushback. So what would you say to those leaders in that environment? What would you have to say to them? Well, there, there are certainly some challenges uh, with faith in the workplace. Sometimes it's, uh, it's varying beliefs. Sometimes it's the fact that, that individuals don't believe anything at all, right. and they certainly don't want someone else influencing them uh, about their beliefs and in, in, in especially those uh, what can be considered dominant personalities. Mm-hmm. And so really the key is respecting individuals, uh, no matter what they believe, what their beliefs are, just respecting them as human beings. And I think that's key, ensuring that uh, healthy culture where we don't allow people with uh, dominant personalities to make others feel inferior or as they don't measure up to others. Wow. Now, Mike, I, I, I got to say this now. When I looked at your list of life balance and what you just described, it's directly in line. Because if the leader, think about this, if the leader is leading from your life balance uh, list that you have, they're going to be able to see that there's value <laughs> in having faith in the workplace and, and understanding that if you're equipping your people as well with faith in the workplace. And even though you may have varying beliefs and different things like that, uh, there's, it's actually going to help the organization be able to move forward. So I, I think that would be a great recipe if you look at your professional balance, the spiritual, physical, and the social component, and then understand that we also need that sort of balance in the workplace it's going to even out and you're not going to have people that may have that dominant personality, just, just changing the entire uh, culture of the organization. What are your thoughts on that? Agree? Disagree? Okay. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. You're, you're, you're spot on Jason. And uh, that's, that's exactly the way we have to approach this because anytime we look at others uh, uh, as if they're different because of their beliefs and we make them feel inferior, then their contribution to the team, and I can only imagine when you show up to work and you feel you're inferior mm-hmm. to those who are around you, your contribution to the purpose or mission of your organization is going to be that much less. Mm-hmm. But when you feel valued as an individual and you feel respected, 
then you're you're more likely to want to give everything you have every day. So that, that's a spot on observation. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. I think one of the things too, I mean, when we talk about benefits to the workplace, when faith is inserted, I mean, I know you, you have your thoughts on that. And I love to hear that. And one of the things I guess I would say even before that is that, you know, when you start talking about having a team, those that are there together for a united purpose, okay, and it's not individualistic, it, it, it would be so much better. And I think you can get so much more done, you know, if people are on the same page, uh, they are motivated, they're showing up, and they want to contribute based upon what you shared. Now, so let me ask you, do you think that would be beneficial to the workplace then with faith being uh, out in the forefront of that or – what are your thoughts yes, on that? Sure, I absolutely think it is. You know, you you highlighted the team aspect of it, and I know with your your background, uh, you you understand the value of team, and that it only takes one person to affect the entire team, and then it, the other individuals have to start compensating for that individual until that individual can be brought back up to their full capacity. So it it absolutely makes a difference. Every member needs to be valued or at least feel valued as a member of the team. And when they do, the team is so much stronger. But uh, uh, being transparent, uh, uplifting others, uh, having patience with one another, and treating with kindness, and you go, okay, how do you enforce this among, you know, your team members? Well, as a leader, you create this culture. First, you demonstrate these things. And then you socialize this message. You must talk about it. You can't just expect it to take form. Mm. And this is one of the things that, that I enjoy doing. First, it allows me to let my team know what I'm about. And there's no secrets. That, that transparency is right up front. It's one of the first things they get to see. Is They get to see on the inside. You get to know what, what is important to me, what I care about. And then we talk about those things like grace and patience. You know, air traffic control is a pretty stressful uh, occupation, uh-huh. and it's real easy because it's so stressful and that because even some of the smallest mistakes can be very costly. And Absolutely. so it's not uncommon for some individuals when things go wrong to point fingers at others. Absolutely. And so one of, one of my key focus areas for my team now is that is that we, we show grace. And that means we take the high road. That means even when the other person is wrong and you were clearly in the right in your actions, you show them grace. You'll let them off the hook because there's nothing to be gained by going, you were wrong. Wow. There's no value. Uh, nothing changes. They, they are aware of what occurred just as we are aware. So showing that grace then transfers to outside the workplace, I believe, and not just in the workplace. Again, I don't think people should show up and go, okay, let me put on a different set of clothes, and uh, I'm a different person, and then I'm going to step out, and I'm a different person. I believe they transfer that everywhere they go. Wow. You know what, everybody? Hey, we are talking to Chief Master Sergeant Mike Clintworth, and we're just going to segue to break with that because the whole idea of grace and handling stress with patience and loving on people but being transparent Hey, let's just go to break. Make sure you stay tuned. This is good stuff, everybody.
Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Discover the Leader in You. And today we're talking about how faith in the workplace can help you learn to thrive. And we have been talking to Chief Master Sergeant Mike Clintworth. And before we segue to the break there, you know, Mike was really just sharing some wonderful nuggets relative to not only the team culture and the office environment and how faith can positively impact that. But you know what, Mike, you shared something that I I really just want to touch on there for a second. You know, when you talk about the idea of grace and the willingness to kind of let that overlay the situation, you know, I think that it immediately adds value because what happens, you know, people know when they've messed up. <laughs> people know when they have some shortcomings or they didn't follow through. And when you have that blanket of grace that comes over it, you let them off the hook and they learn something from that. The next time something comes up, you know, they, they know that they won't get beat down for it. You know, they'll have another opportunity to resolve whatever the issue may be. But I just sort of wanted to hear your heart a little bit more about that grace component and how everyone has a grace story that really has allowed them to thrive and move forward. Any other thoughts on that, that idea of grace? Sure, Jason. The, you know, to me, grace is a, it's, it's a, it's a characteristic of good leadership. Mm. It, it's not just something that, that, that you and I believe. It, it ought to be something that every leader realizes and employs. Because to me, grace means that it's safe. It's yes. safe to negotiate. It's safe to engage with other members, whether they be within your internal team or outside that, that team. When grace is demonstrated, it indicates that it's a safe zone. It's like walking up to somebody and they have, they have open arms. And, yes. you know, let me just share with you, when I, when I showed up in Afghanistan, it was uh, February of 2013, and uh, I received a lot of cultural training before I got there. And, uh, you know, I, I soaked all that up, but you really just don't appreciate it until you show up. And my primary responsibility when I was there was to, was to mentor the most senior enlisted person, the command sergeant major of the Afghan Air Force, and our intent was to help them to stand up an Air Force for their country to protect their people. Yes. And so he was responsible for about 6,700 individuals. And so my, my role was to mentor and help him in developing and executing uh, their mission and employing that force. And when I walked up to him for the very first time, I expect, you know, the American handshake, right? No, yes. his arms are open wide. He's this big, burly guy, and he <laughs> hugs me. <laughs> and uh, gives me a kiss on the cheek, and all that cultural training came right back to me. But you know what? I felt welcomed and I felt safe, and it was the beginning of a great relationship. Excellent, and and I love that because that that really you just painted a, a picture <laughs> for us. And at, at the end of the day, you know, everyone's great story is going to be different. Everyone's uh, exposure, you know, to uh, other people's personalities, how they're going to treat you, engage you is going to be different. But the only person that we have to be responsible for in that situation is us and our behavior, whether we're the leader or the follower. So, you know, I love that piece of how you shared that. And Mike, just want to press the uh, pause button uh, once again. Now, if people want to see some of your work, if they want to follow you on Twitter, uh, if they want to engage with you, because you do a lot of things, Mike, it's not just <laughs> it's not just serving our country. But if they wanted to get in contact with you and read some of your work, where would they go? 
the first is that they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, second, uh, they can find me on Twitter at, at MJ Clintworth. Uh, and, and then I also have a Gmail account at uh, mj.clintworth at gmail.com. And any one of those three forums, they can engage me and they can expect that I will engage back. Perfect. Okay. And make sure, you know, if, if you guys are listening out there, Mike is someone that you want to follow on Twitter. He has some great posts. Uh, he also has some great things that he's writing. And and hopefully there's a maybe a book in the works, Mike. Uh, something coming down the pike here. Uh, Jason, that is absolutely <laughs> something I'm leaning towards. And it'll be a first. Mm-hmm. But, but I, you know, I'm looking at it, and I'm hoping just for that. Okay. Well, please do. We would love to maybe get into some of your thoughts and unpack some of these things. I mean, the way you just rambled off the ideas of life balance and and just the overlaying of grace uh, with teams and leadership, I, I think that, you know, we would be better if you put something together for us and go ahead and get it published. I think that would be great, Mike. So, yeah, let me know if you need any help with that. I think it would be a good thing for you to get that out there. Okay, Thank you, so, Jason. I appreciate your encouragement. No problem. No problem. So we have been really diving into the idea of just the benefits of faith in the workplace and how it really can position you to thrive. But, you know, Mike, let me ask you, if, if there's really faith taking place in the, in the workplace, what would it look like? I mean, is it, is it organized? Is it unspoken? Uh, is it, to your point earlier, about modeling the way? I mean, what would it look like in the workplace? Again, I think many look at faith in the workplace uh, in light of a verbal conversation and what we say about it. And to me, it's it's very much uh, about what it looks like, and that's demonstrated in our actions. Mm. And you know, I, I shared with you about air traffic control and how stressful it is. And uh, certainly, there are numerous opportunities to demonstrate the, some of those qualities, uh, uh, those Christ-like qualities of patience and kindness, treating other people with respect. And there are also opportunities for individuals not to demonstrate uh, those qualities because the environment is so stressful, so much is at stake. Mm -hmm. But one of the things is, you know, as a leader, we can just set a good example. Uh, We don't have to expect that it only uh, occurs at the ground level or where the rubber meets the road. It can absolutely permeate through the entire organization. And when a leader can demonstrate uh, those qualities, I believe it's absolutely huge. Because how many eyes are on that leader to see how will he respond to a stressful situation? And maybe it's not, you know, for example, in my occupation, maybe it's not in the air traffic control room, but maybe it's in uh, uh, an engagement outside of all that I promise you there are eyes on me to see how I'm, I'm going to respond to that. That's right. And then uh, uh, demonstrating behavior just which reflects those Christ-like values. Wow. You know, and let me, let me ask you this then, because based upon what you just shared, you know, what are some of the opportunities, you know, when you've been able to share your faith with coworkers? What, what happened? What did it look like? You know, I mentioned to you when I, when I uh, introduced myself, anytime I go somewhere and introduce myself, I talk about that life balance. And there's my, normally my initial insert of uh, faith and, and what it means to me. And I'll break those four areas down just a little bit and tell them, you know, what does that spiritual balance look like for me? And then as I get to know them, I'll share things 
like, you know, what I do during the midday, which maybe is a midday read of Uncommon Life by Tony Dungy. And, and I highly recommend that book for anybody that's just looking for life uh, of practicality. Tony Dungy does a fantastic job of breaking that down for you in how it affected his life and how you might apply it to your everyday life. But that's when I share some more of that. Uh, you know, when I'm asked for, for, for some advice or when I'm providing counsel for somebody who's going through a tough situation, mm-hmm. here's an opportunity for me to be transparent and share some toughness, that, tough things that I went through personally, right. and how I was able to navigate. And I can reflect back and refer back to God and faith and how I was able to get through it. Because if you think about it, certainly it wasn't just the military that helped me through a time of not having a father in my life and then losing a mother in my life. And then how do you continue to move on? Well, one, as a child without a father, you learn to compartmentalize things quite a bit. Yes. And so initially, that's what I did after my mother passed. Compartmentalized, hey, I'm okay, I'm strong, I've been strong, uh, this will be fine. But what you soon realize is that is that you're not able to control that, and, and you compartmentalize it, which means you kept it somewhere, yes. and so it lingers, and you have to address it at some point. And so this you know, these counseling sessions allow me to share some of that. When somebody's going through a, a tough time or they have a family member that's going to go through surgery, you know, I just may say, hey, you know what, I'm going to be praying for your family during that time. And that's an opportunity for me to share my faith in the workplace. Yeah, and you know what, I think, Mike, you know, just hearing just a practical way <laughs> that you're describing this, this is going to make a lot of people feel better because, you know, it's almost like a, a a bad thing in their thought processes that, well, if I share my faith at work, is something's going to happen. I'm not going to be received well. But the way you're describing it, it's almost like uh, just Christ in the flesh. You know, you, you're doing things, you're loving on people, but you, you don't have to say Many things, but if you say something along the lines of, you know, I'll be praying for you. I know these are challenging times, but God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And just leaving it at that, that sort of thing is going to give people that that strength and maybe even the courage next time to go, wow, you know what? If Chief Master Sergeant is able to tell me just he's going to be praying for me, then I can hold on to that. I can be excited about that. And that will help me to demonstrate my faith next time. Well, hey, everybody, we are talking to Chief Master Sergeant Mike Clintworth, and he is sharing some nuggets with us relative to not only demonstrating your your faith in the workplace, but really a, a, a tapestry for how to thrive in life. He's given us life balance cues. He's given us ideas of how to handle stressful situations, how to engage your team members relative to grace So, you know what? I think you need to stay tuned to Discover the Leader in You, and we're going to come back and share some more things with you. Hey, 
everybody. Welcome back to Discover the Leader in You. You know what? We're talking about how faith and the workplace can help you learn to thrive. But I got to press a pause button for a second to just give my guy back here in the studio, Derek, a shout out. Every week he takes care of me. And this guy is amazing. He got hands moving all over the place and giving me cues. So, Derek, much love, man. I appreciate you back there. Hey, we are talking to Chief Master Sergeant Mike Clintworth, and he has just been golden (laughs) throughout the show. He's given us life balance cues. He's given us just really the idea of how to navigate the culture and just an environment of your people when we're talking about teams. And before we went to break, the idea of keeping it practical when demonstrating, you know, your faith and how he's been able to demonstrate it and also, a little bit of a warning about compartmentalizing some things and saying, you know, hey, I, I put this there and it's just over there. At the end of the day, I think we all have to remember that, you know what, just because we compartmentalize it, it does not mean it has been dealt with and it can actually come back later on and impact us in a negative way. But if you have someone leading and you're in a position of leadership and you're able to rely upon your faith, you can deal with some of these things. At the top of the hour, I was talking about the idea of having that off day or, or not uh, really being able to shake some maybe some fear or some challenges in your life. You have to remember that you have to deal with situations. And Mike has been able to share some ways to do that with us. And And Mike, you know, I I just want to applaud you for the practical way in which you lead. I I think that, you know, it's so important that people in positions of leadership remain approachable and also that they can really, really uh, walk this thing out so people can see it. So I just thank you for that, Mike. Thank you. So one of the things that I, I think our audience really needs to hear, you know, when you are thinking about this idea of faith in the workplace, how do you manage, you know, the, the varying religious views in the workplace? I know that people want to hear that. How do you manage that? Because that can get a little touchy in certain situations. Yeah, well, you, you know it can. And, and probably the most challenging environment I operated in was when I went to Afghanistan in February of 2013. Mm-hmm. And I would find myself uh, a Christian uh, with certain beliefs in an environment with Muslims around me that had certainly different beliefs, and including the uh, command sergeant major that I would mentor. And so that was a challenge. And, and you know, the first thing you do is you have to respect that, that, that other people have different values. And if you think about, you know, maybe someone who's walked up and uh, I said, do you know Jesus? You go, well, hi, my name is Mike Clintworth. I mean, you expect that there's something occurs before then, or, or, or it's just kind of weird, isn't it? Yes. And this was no <laughs> different. That other things had to take place before we could discuss this. In fact, part of my cultural training was that, hey, look, steer clear of religious matters. Don't talk religion. Uh, because you don't know who can, who who is very passionate about it, who can turn extreme. So yes. just keep that off limits. And I thought mm, that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. But one of the first things that we did was we developed a relationship. And our, you know, as you remember, I, I told you it just all started with a big hug. And when we do, as Americans do business, we talk business. When we when we get together, we talk business. And then if there's any time left over, we say, Hey, where are you from? What what kind of family have you got? The Afghans are completely different. They taught me so much that they start with family. 
they start with relationships. Yes. And then if there's time left, it's all about business. And I thought, oh, how beautiful. We've got it swapped. Yeah. We really need to shift this way because once you develop that relationship, that relationship turns to trust. And then once you have that trust, you, you've got huge negotiating ground. Everybody does. And it's not the, the negotiating to take advantage of somebody, but it's to accomplish the mission. And everybody has demands on them to get to that end. But that relationship and that trust is what helps you get to that point. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I've been privileged to travel to 16 different countries. And I have found that here in the States, you're right. I mean, this is how we do things where we're more. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but we're more individualistic in terms of here's why we're meeting. This is uh, the end goal for the day where when you go to other countries, they're more collectivistic and they want to hear about family. They want to connect with you before we even think about engaging in business or anything like that. So I've experienced that, too. And, and I'd love the piece about what you just shared relative to respect. Even though you had the training, even though they tried to prep you as much as they could, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to that idea of respect. You're going to have people with varying views. But if you're truly leading, if you're truly leading, then you have to be socially and consciously aware of who you're trying to lead, who you're trying to impact and influence. And and the best way to do that is to make sure you're remaining respectful. So. Mike, I love how you shared that. Now, Mike, I need to press the pause button here for a second because, hey, it's time for Dr. Carthen's Corner, and you know what that means, everybody. Each week, I feature an individual, company, or service that demonstrates civic engagement and shows a commitment to character, integrity, and destiny-focused leadership. This week, I am featuring the American Red Cross in Cleveland, Ohio. The American Red Cross exists to provide compassionate care to those in need. Its generous donors, volunteers, and employees share a mission of preventing and relieving suffering here at home and around the world through five key service areas. Disaster relief, supporting military families, providing life-saving blood, health and safety training, and international aid. The Red Cross is located at 3747 Euclid Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio. If you would like to get involved or volunteer with their programs and even provide uh, charitable gifts to them, okay, take a look at their website at www.redcross.org, Cleveland, or give them a call at 216-431-3010. I just want to personally say that, you know, just recently I had a family member that really went through some things and they had to rely upon the Red Cross for uh, the donation of blood. And I can't tell you how important it is what they do with the American Red Cross. So I just want to tell you to keep up the good work and, hey, stay focused on your mission because it is so important. If you would like your company or business featured on Discover the Leader in You, make sure you send a note to me at radio at jasoncarthen.com and tell us why you think you or your company should be featured on Discover the Leader in You. Now, Mike, we're getting ready to wrap up here, but, you know, I want you to really provide the capstone here you know, for today's show, because it, it has been very valuable to me. And a lot of the things that you've been able to share, they've been impactful. And I think our listeners need to understand that you have a, a broad perspective, you know. And one of the things I want to ask you as we close the show here, we only have a couple of minutes. In your opinion, you know, what is the key? What is that key thing to having a healthy demonstration of faith 
in a workplace environment? Jason, thanks for that question. That's fantastic. And there's probably more than just one key, but that one key is just being honest with ourselves and realizing that we it's not a switch we turn off or on. It's something we take everywhere with us. Mm-hmm. And so in order to have healthy faith in the workplace, it takes respect. Because again, not everyone has the same values or beliefs, and it's incumbent upon leaders to ensure that everyone's respected and not discriminated against or made to feel inferior because of those beliefs. Really, a leader's job is to make sure that that workplace, that workplace culture is healthy for all because it takes all many times to accomplish the mission. Wow. It takes all to accomplish the mission. Mike, I absolutely love that. Okay. Hey, you have been listening to Discover the Leader in You, and we've been talking about how faith in the workplace can help you learn to thrive. We've been on with Chief Master Sergeant Mike Clintworth of the United States Air Force, and he has been sharing some great things with us. Hey, make sure you tune in with us again next week. And also, just as a reminder, we have the I Speak Life Academy coming up in April 25th. Make sure you connect with us, everybody. I truly appreciate you. Take care now. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Sunday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you. If you would like to be a sponsor for Discover the Leader in You, call Scott Souza at 1-440-552-2995. That's 1-440-552-2995.